0: the mark of the beast, the antichrist, the lake of fire, the second death. These are images that flooded my adolescent mind alongside real life stories of pastors in Soviet prisons and mental institutions. This was all alongside the ever-present possibility of a nuclear holocaust. Fast forward to today, we have Russian hackers, disinformation campaigns, fake news, conspiracy theories, and to top it all, a global pandemic. Surely, the stage is set. I'm Paul White, and this is Apocalypse the book of Revelation. Join me and my special guest and friend Pete Milner as we explore what God might be saying through this incredible book to us today. Well hi everyone welcome to another sauntering podcast with me Paul White and once again we're sauntering through the book of Revelation and I'm very pleased to say my friend Pete Milner is here with me again. Hi everybody. We're gonna humbly i have to say with some <laughs> trembling and trepidation continue yeah. on this journey through the book and i hope you're finding it helpful and please do um comment or rate the rate the podcast it recommend it share it it's all helpful stuff and mm. hopefully we can have a, a thoughtful kind of approach to it all where we don't jump on our white horse and ride off into the sunset because it's a different view than what we're thinking or our time-honored tradition tells us but let's humbly come before the word of God and let him speak to us so Lord we do we just open our hearts to you today and we thank you that this is we must not ever forget this is the revelation of Jesus Christ and it's all about you and it's you we bow our knees before today. Mm. And we just want you to speak to us and provoke us into a godly way of life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, Pete, I must say, I was reading this and I was just overcome by prayer and crying out for... The generation of people in which we live yeah, and oh, man alive and i'll tell you a bit more about that when we get to it but
1: somebody great once said "He said true theology should always elicit worship right and things that are true about god and things that he says should always provoke in us that that great sense of yeah. awe and reverence for him and yeah. worship and that's so great that that happens isn't it yeah because some people speak so trivially about the different things that are true about God or about the the book of Revelation or about other things as well and it's always a trap to fall into isn't it to make it something of no consequence in your life
0: and I think for me so far the cumulative effect has been to have such an awe for the risen Jesus Mm. it's kind of awakened a level of regard and fear of the lord in a right way mm. uh, i believe towards him um that where i'm not terrified of him but i i'm in so much awe yeah and uh yet i still find myself drawn to worship him in intimacy and mm. you know it's like that paradoxical thing really
1: i think that that's the wonder of it all because i, I even feel a bit like without revelation you would be over tempted to see jesus only as that human yeah preacher who taught us to love each other and forgive our enemies and yeah. to slightly improve the conditions of the world around us by those things you know yeah. that, that we could you know look past his miracles in his apocalyptic style of his own and we would just end up with a kind of very nice teacher and in paul's theology you do glimpse the risen christ much more fully yeah but you could be tempted and think oh paul he's always off on one isn't he yeah. so you know um you look at romans you look at galatians look at ephesians and you're like well maybe he's just waxing lyrical and sure. there, there are people who out of missing the great voice of revelation do Somehow failed to conceive of Jesus as he really is. Yeah. You know, high and exalted, truly on the throne.
0: Absolutely. There is no getting away from this. Is King Jesus, isn't That's it? That's right. It's so good. So, chapter 14, verse 1, John says, Then I looked, and behold, on Mount Zion stood the Lamb. Whoa. And with him 144,000, that number again who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven like the roar of many waters and like the sound of loud thunder. The voice I heard was like the sound of harpists playing on their harps and they were singing a new song before the throne and before the living creatures and before the elders. No one could learn that song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. It is those who have. It is, sorry, it is these who have not defiled themselves with women, for they are virgins. It is these who follow the Lamb wherever He goes. These have been redeemed from mankind as firstfruits, for God and the Lamb, and in their mouth no lie is found, for they are blameless. And I don't know about you, Pete, but I think, I, as I read this little kind of few verses there initially you think i heard a voice from heaven like the roar of many waters mm. this is going to be god this is yeah this is going to be the ancient of days the mighty god speaking yes. and then you realize fire. actually it sounds like music it sounds like harp. so it's it sounds like the roar of many waters like the sound of loud thunder and then he listens a bit more and you think hold on a minute. That's harpists playing their harps. And there's a song I've never heard before. Mm. And they're before the the throne and before the living creatures and before the elders. And there's this song coming up that no one's ever heard. Mm. And only this 144,000 people who've got this mark of the Lamb on their forehead. The name of the Father and the Son. Wow. What do you make of that? I mean, that is... It sounds like the voice of God, and yet it's the voice of human beings oh, redeemed, worshipping him.
1: Isn't that, though, the whole <laughs> heart cry of the Bible from page one through to page 1101? The, the whole goal is that we would be in one agreement Come with on. God, isn't yeah. it? The, yeah. the great things that God says, the great sort of way that he is, would be true of us as is true of him, mm. and that we would not just be kind of little blind minions pottering around on the earth but that we would join him in yeah. all that he does and says. And and this great fulfilment in these 144,000 who we've met before yeah. th- this great union has come to be somehow present on the earth. And I think there's got to be only two, well I think there's two main things that people would do with this. One right. is to say that this is a future event yeah. where it's tantamount to the, the return of Christ onto the earth So the Lamb has come to stand in Zion boom, yeah, this is that we're, we're on the earth the now touched, aren't we yeah. and this great chorus uniting earth and heaven in, in sort of pure God honouring worship is, is the establishment somehow of, of some earthly presence yeah. of the returned Jesus the other way to do it is to look again like we said when we've met the 144,000 for the first time way back in chapter 7 um and to say perhaps this is the kind of view or the, the apocalyptic view of the first establishment of the church on the earth <laughs> that somehow the you know the, the Holy Spirit signing and sealing a community from among the tribes of Israel yeah. who were filled with the Spirit, who were anointed, who had the presence of Jesus amongst yeah. them in their agreement, and they were sort of they they had found something yeah. that all other humans had never found and they'd been consecrated for that express purpose to then go into all the earth yes so there are people who look at this as a future event where mm-hmm. that's that's kind of following on from the return of jesus to all the earth.
0: part of the unfolding of the end times in a little in its yeah. court in its place in that kind of thing yeah in that tapestry that scenario yeah
1: or a sort of first century reality yep. where this is a symbolic representation of the church, I actually secretly like both mm-hmm. I think that when John is writing this for the first time, <coughs> I think what would be in his head as he 's penning these these verses here is the thing he experienced yeah. where where people were remnanted or or sort of taken from the, the tribes of Israel, all yeah. the all of God's people gathered there in Jerusalem and the Holy Spirit was poured out and, you know, God was among his church again, yeah. and it, right? And it, there they are, all consecrated and then let loose on the earth with Incredible, this great yeah. mission yeah. to save it and redeem it and to bring the same redemption they themselves have experienced into the world. But... There are aspects of it, I mean, especially because it says the book is about things that are to come, mm-hmm. where perhaps a future sort of salvation event for maybe it's it's people who are Jewish, Israelite, maybe it's a symbolic use of those terms to describe some other group of people. But I, I think there's there's some merits to both of sure.
0: those. Sure. It's interesting, isn't it, that he describes them as first fruits. Yes. And <clears throat> we know from the the symbolic symbolism of the old testament that the, the before they really gathered in the whole harvest they mm. collected up a token amount of harvest and they offered it to the lord and it yes. didn't belong to them they wouldn't eat it they offered it to the lord as a sac- as a sacrifice to yeah. thank him for the in expectation of the bumper harvest that they were going to go out and get yeah. next
1: well that is exactly the language of this chapter yeah. isn't it i mean i know we haven't got there yet but the, the sense is that the, the die is cast and now it's time to print, right? It's time yeah. to get copies out and, and start multiplying, sure. right? And and I think that that's the right way to see it. These 144,000 are consecrated by God and they're the pattern. Yeah. And now it's time to unfurl them on the earth yeah. and literally bombard the earth with these spirit-anointed, consecrated people who love not their lives unto death. And oh, hoo,
0: they, It is a beautiful picture, isn't it? And yeah. as we come on to babylon the great mm. I mean, the the purity of these guys they've not defiled themselves women them. that could just be that they've not been promiscuous and uh but you know they've they've kept themselves pure and they belong to him. They belong to the lamb. They follow the lamb wherever he goes. I love that as well. Yeah, the Lambs lamb's going places. Yeah, we're not going to let
1: him out of our sight for yeah. one little second. Yes, and he's not going to sit still as if there was nothing to go and do. And there's in their mouth there's no
0: lie found for their blameless. And I love that because mm-hmm. of how it fits in with when Jesus says the Father is looking for worshippers who worship him in spirit and in truth. So wow, they're fully engaged in their spirits but there's that integrity in their heart where mm. they're not pretending to be something before god that they're not but they're just literally what they're just 100 devoted to him and, and and
1: and what they are is witnesses isn't yes, it they, absolutely they have witnessed the pouring out of god's spirit they yep. have witnessed the kind of filling of, of the lamb they've seen him set up on the earth and so now their hearts are so captivated they could not possibly do anything else could they and their and their
0: song is is unique, isn't it? Mm. It's it's something that only they can sing. Yeah. So the angels and the twenty four elders and the living creatures they can't actually sing this song because they're not they haven't been through that mm. journey with the lamb through the tribulation period, or whatever it is, yes. their yeah. lives through the course of their lives. And I think that's su- such a kind of powerful. Um, aspect of the worship that we as human Mm. beings uniquely bring to God because we've walked with him in the rough kind of tough places of this life haven't we and we we our song is a testimony to it
1: It's like what Peter says, isn't it, in his letter? He says that even angels long to look into these things as if they were mystified by the idea of God's redeeming life. Fabulous. Because they haven't witnessed it. They haven't seen what it would be like to experience it. And I even feel like there's a unique sort of individual aspect to this. I feel Mm. like when you go to heaven and you sing your song about what God has done in your life, it's like... God wants that song because it tells the truth about Him Come on. in a specific and unique way. Come on. And without you, that aspect of Him and His personality and His grace and His love would never be known by earth or heaven. Amazing, He isn't needs it? you. He, it, I, I don't want to say that oh. like, who's ever given to God yeah, that God I should know. be paid, but it's a paradox. Isn't he, it? he wants you to tell something about Him that He you are uniquely placed there's
0: glory to him "Mm." in my personal song if you like nobody
1: else on earth or in heaven has ever overcome exactly the personal circumstances that you have and incredible same is true of me and the same is true of all of us isn't it without all of us we can never know the depth and breadth and riches Mm. of god can we
0: that is great pete So verse six, it says, then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people. And he said with a loud voice, fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water interesting little yes. verse shoved in there Pete because it's like there's still a gospel if there's no chance people to be saved anymore there's no gospel anymore no, to proclaim is there so but this
1: is the exact reason why people say this must be an apocalyptic presentation of that first century community that were sealed by the holy spirit and and you know disgorged upon the yeah. nations because <laughs> they've been given the precious gospel and then it's like Right, everybody, the gloves are off. It's time to choose. And that work of the kingdom of heaven to proclaim the gospel and give people the chance to understand life or death, which do I want, in a kind of matter-of-fact way, to yeah. go to all nations and proclaim this same gospel. Mm. You know, I don't want to get complicated about it, but that is, to me, the, the obvious sense in which this text is should be read. They're being yeah. given the weapon with which to destroy the claims of Satan's, Satan on the earth with yeah. this gospel, aren't they? They're being given a way to save others.
0: So really what we're seeing is that there's a future kind of ultimate fulfillment. There's a current one that we're right in now, which yes. is this precise mandate. Absolutely. To get out there, preach that eternal gospel, and fly with wings to get it done. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> every nation, tribe, language, people, that that little kind of... Uh,
1: Description of who it's for Mm. I love that Because it is so inclusive Isn't it It's everybody I've actually read um, A a little bit of a study Written by somebody And he goes through All the places in Revelation Where he says You know Every tribe and tongue And nation And people and language And stuff And I I think I'm right In saying this I'll check it And get back to you But I think I'm right In saying this Although the, the words are similar He never repeats himself It's like He doesn't mean only five precise things sometimes it's four things right. sometimes it's six things so he changes it up a bit on he's purpose he's trying to make Unlikely. you understand completely that we really are talking about everyone <laughs> yeah. just in case you get yeah. stuck thinking that it's oh. only only certain things that the gospel is for yeah. it's like no way it has to be everybody we've got to go and get everyone yeah. so it's not
0: just Jerusalem Judea and and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth no, it's everywhere it in between as well, as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So then verse um, 80 says another angel a second followed saying fallen fallen is Babylon the great she who made all nations drink the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality and another angel a third followed them saying with a loud voice if anyone worships a beast and its image and receives a mark on his forehead or on his hand he will also drink the wine of God's wrath poured out those who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Write this, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labours, for their deeds follow them. Mm. Gosh. Wow We. Um. I just thought the end you know, of the... Before... Before you say, you know, comment. I I just this is such a stark contrast, isn't it, to the ones that the Lamb has got for himself. Mm -hmm. That they're they're not given to sexual immorality. Yeah, in fact, they haven't done that. They're clean. They've kept themselves pure. There's no lie in their mouths. They're blameless. Mm -hmm. And then we see the nations that have been seduced by Babylon, this great. We know her in the future to be called a great harlot, and and there's this sense of this decadence and indulgence that she's offered Mm -hmm. and i think it's so interesting you might want to comment on it how there's a a a parallel between the church and Tyre, where god says i've given jesus says i've given this jezebel time to to repent but you know and anyone who's actually indulged with her is going to be in trouble yes but now we see that actually this thing that we saw in a, like a little kind of microcosm in the church is actually big style on the earth and yes. there's massive judgment coming. Yeah, in.
1: and she she is personified, but some people resist the urge to sort of turn her into a, a character like Satan in the mm-hmm. same sense. Because although Satan and the beast and stuff yeah. get thrown into the lake of fire um, at the end, you know, Babylon only gets her comeuppance on earth and so we tend to think of her in a more abstract way so but really what we're talking about with babylon is the system of worldliness right i think that's the best way to say it's really helpful everything that is is valued in the earth everything that makes money work and power work everything that indulges the senses yeah sort of Piled together in some heaping, great sort of ugly mountain, and, and people yeah. love it and give themselves yeah. to it like they give themselves to one they love, right? Yeah, and that's what it means when it sort, of, sort of when it talks about people who've committed adultery yep. with her. It's like they give their hearts yeah. to worldliness, to money, and to mm-hmm. passions and fleshly sexual stuff, and it is gross and and when you've seen somebody really really gorging themselves on worldly passions it is gross yeah and it's like there's nothing wrong with eating and drinking of and course. making love to our wives yeah. and and you know enjoying the feeling of of working out and being strong but when we put those things in god's place it's yeah. like we've given our heart to one instead of the our true love yeah isn't it and so babylon apparently is fallen you know we don't know at this point in the story of revelation how full that falling is because mm-hmm. it kind of is unpacked in a few chapters time but what we're assured of is that certainly she is fallen and all of that sexually immoral greedy gross kind of indulgent following of her yeah. is is coming to an end and some people like to get ever so practical about what that might mean. You know, they might talk about the, a collapse of the global financial sure. system, which, you know, moves money and wealth across the world and into people. But what we're talking about here is the definite end into the lake of fire with it all. Yes. Right, aren't we? We're, we're saying yeah. this is the wrath of God poured full strength into this cup of anger and they will be sort of submerged in, yeah. this, in this horrifying um, and eternal judgment. So, again, because we've had the um, the imagery of the mark of the beast and the yeah, worship of yeah. the beast um, introduced to us already, yeah. we are convinced, aren't we, as the church, that there will come something which will mean a binary choice yes. between God and this world. Yeah. And the people of God must not fall for the, the gambit. We must not do the getting of the mark of the beast. We must not worship the beast or his image. Yeah. And... We have been looking for that for centuries. Yeah. And and people have been very, very increasingly, I think in our times, they've become increasingly sure that this is going to be a sort of technological mm-hmm. or injected thing yeah. of, of some sort, which will mean that if you've had it, you're going to hell. Yeah. And they fear this so much, the, the possibility that we could unwittingly receive a, a a routine looking injection sure. and then accidentally yeah. condemn ourselves for all eternity yeah that many things have been sort of trotted out as the as the possible candidate of course you know and that yeah. was true in the 19th century yeah. in the days of john nelson darby and cyrus schofield they thought they knew <laughs> what the mark of the beast was true in the post-war era when people were talking about communism versus capitalism yeah. in ways that now it seems redundant to talk about. Yeah. Um, nowadays, people talk more about vaccines. A few decades ago, though, Pete, it was the barcode, wasn't it? The barcode, yes. You you know, have something that you can scan on and, and, and yeah. you know, without it, you can't buy or sell. So maybe it's yeah. barcodes and people pretended that if you added the numbers up in the right way on the bottom of a barcode, you'd always end up with 666. Patently untrue, but everyone yeah. fell for it because of their need for this to be true in their own time, mm-hmm. in a very, very concrete way, um, and I think that we have to use our discernment, don't we?
0: I, I love verse twelve, and and I think this probably actually is the antidote, mm. along with loving the lamb and not letting him out your sight, yes, kind of thing, and being, and Jesus. being addicted to Jesus and yeah. in the right way. Um, but he says, here is a call for the endurance of the saints those who keep the commandments of god and their faith in jesus and yes. there's something so simple about that yes. it's like this is gonna this is gonna be a tough gig everyone yes anyone who's kind of in that living around Half in the mind time, kind of thing yeah but if you're being patient and enduring and hanging in there with jesus you're gonna and make not it kind of playing fast and loose with your values and mm. the things that he's you know Brought to birth in your heart yeah. keep his commandments and keep your faith in jesus be patient and yeah. endure hang in there it's,
1: it's sort of not and there's no easy fix to get through this is there no sure and obviously the like i said the die is cast the the la- battle lines are drawn yeah. and the, the binary choice is there choose life or choose death and we really do
0: see that don't we we see these precious ones who've <laughs> been redeemed who are part of the redeemed community with the mark of They've got the seal on their heads which is the name of the father and the son. Yes. Um and then you've got this other collection of people who have received the mark of the beast. And you so you we're really seeing now that the the population of the the earth, the human race, mm. is divided clearly into two camps, depending on what
1: they've given their
0: hearts over to.
1: Yes. And it it, it is that giving of one's heart over to something instead of god which Mm -hmm. is that these people's problem isn't it the mark itself is just a symbol it seems yeah but the heart attitude is what god is looking after and that is really what we've been knowing all this time about jesus that's what he comes and says isn't it that he searches the heart and he plums the depths of people's real inside life and not just Mm -hmm. their outside obedience to things
0: and so in hebrews we've got this this sense of it says uh, solid food is for the mature who by constant use mm. have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil yeah and so every time we say yes to jesus and no to the devil in our private life mm-hmm. in our in the realm of shall i look at pornography or not yeah. shall i go and get completely slaughtered or public not? peer pressure you know, and private shall i internal own up and... to my faith in jesus at work or not at risk of it, embarrassing and football or practice or yeah, whatever. Exactly.
1: Oh, I saw you going to church. Yeah, you weirdo. Well, sorry. That uh, wasn't <laughs> me. He's sorry. just someone who looked like me. <laughs> <That's> my brother. <laughs> that was my identical twin. Yeah, he's a weirdo, for
0: sure. <laughs> but, you know, it's kind of like... Where the more we get into the practice of making those those calls... Day yes. by day by day. Simple, small decisions. They mm. have this cumulative effect. And yeah. it's that kind of... Every time I say yes to Jesus... And no to the devil, it's a vote in favour of yes. me becoming, you know, staying in the right crowd, That's, right. Isn't That's it? right.
1: And it's also a training event that gets you stronger, isn't yeah. it? Because by constant use, it's like, if you do one push-up, yep. you will be possibly at an atomic level ever so slightly <laughs> stronger than you were before. But the point is that by returning to it and doing yep. it and doing Absolutely. it and doing it, you become Constantly. this hulk of a human, you yep. know, like... You get to stand and be really, really strong. And it's the yeah. same with exercising our faith. We yeah. must exercise it by doing it, mm-hmm. doing the things Jesus commanded, and thereby become stronger in it. And then yeah. we want solid food, don't we? We don't Absolutely. just want the little milky bit again. Yeah, we need some protein Yeah, to we, sustain it, don't we? <laughs> need some fibre.
0: Yeah. And so he says, you know, obviously there's this point where whilst this immense pressure is on, it actually is a convenient mm. thing to be... To die, physically, sure. because we're going to be with the Lord, like the Apostle Paul says, yeah. and we talked about that Blessed earlier on. indeed, yeah, Because um, there's
1: a rest, and do you know what, sometimes it's tiring, isn't it? It can be, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's a long life to live, actually. You yeah. know, sometimes people say things like, life is short, life is short. And it's like, yeah, it is, it is short, but it is also... A marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, and, and making a good marathon is about not blowing all your energy yeah. on something too early because yeah. you just won't have the strength for the final thing unless you have a <laughs> unless you take a really long time with it. And for some people,
0: Pete, just to make it through a night mm. is like an eternity, isn't it? It's yes. like I don't think I can make it through this night. I'm so low. I'm so whatever. Yeah, embattled. My, you know, I feel suicidal or whatever. Just mm. to even kind of make it till the sun breaks and
1: yeah to actually i I was having a chat with someone this week and they were saying that like they've gone to work at the same job every day or every weekday for the past eight years and now they're like pushing 40 and thinking why is life so long this this endless rhythm and circuit of things and you know i I talked to him about about jesus and i introduced the idea of changing things up and saying you know like Let's not put our hope in what our, how fulfilling our job will be. Because even if it does last us our whole we'll working life, the likelihood is you'll live a long time after yeah. that. So let's bring things into our life that we really love yeah. and make our life about that so that we can recover and, and experience yeah. that passion and that awesome. love for things. And I find that in family as well as I find it in faith. But it's like faith first, then yeah. everything else kind of comes yeah. into order behind it
0: definitely yes let's, let's see if we can get to the end of the chapter here sure. so verse 14 it says then i looked and behold a white cloud and seated on the cloud one like a son of man with a golden crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand and another angel came out of the temple calling with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud put in your sickle and reap for the hour to reap has come for the harvest of the earth is fully ripe So he who sat on the cloud swung his sickle across the earth, and the earth was reaped. Then another angel came out of the temple of heaven, and he too had a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar, the angel who has authority over the fire. And he called with a loud voice to the one who had the sharp sickle, Put in your sickle, and gather the clusters from the vine of the earth, for its grapes are ripe. So the angel swung his sickle across the earth and gathered the grape harvest of the earth and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden outside the city and blood flowed from the winepress as high as a horse's bridle for 1,600 stadia, which my margin
1: says is about 184 miles. Whoa. Whoa so this this is called the harvest of the earth isn't Mm -hmm. it and i think it'd be possible to look at this as as one of two events Mm -hmm. one is a sort of spiritual um salvation game where it's like how many are choosing for jesus and how many are choosing for the devil and the beast and babylon and the antichrist and all the rest of it it's like there's two sides and you've got to be harvested by one you know for one set will be kind of gathered in like precious grapes and the other one i mean this is a harvesting where the grapes get cut but then stomped into the wine press of the wrath of god it's like i i don't really want to be a grape right here no definitely this is this is the crushing of of grapes not the
0: sort of bounteous gathering no definitely and it's um very much Referred to as blood, isn't it? The mm. wine press was trodden outside the city, and blood flowed from the wine press. You know, you got this horrible sense that this actually is the judgment of the earth.
1: Yes, yeah, so or it seems to be a battle of some sort, doesn't it? You know, the very idea mm. of being on a horse in a battle, and the blood flowing up to the horse's bridle, you know, submerging your legs even, and having to wade <laughs> through that for nearly two hundred miles. That is, nah. that is an unimaginable level of of slaughter yes. in that sense, and so. Are we looking at the great moment when, whoosh, you know, this is the yeah. end of, of all ungodliness on the earth and, and, you know, we're harvested in that sense. I, I feel like we can't see it like that just because there's so much of Revelation left, right? Yeah. So e- either it's just something that's that's a, a, a kind of deposit of a symbol right here you know and, and Revelation is famously resistant to any attempt to make it into a single chain of events in mm-hmm. order so maybe it's just a sort of advanced look at what the end will be yeah. or it's some other aspect of, of of the story working its way out
0: yeah I mean what does Joel say in chapter three he says something about the the um wait I won't be able to find it now um ha! the harvest of the earth and yeah the um, but while you just have a look at that, Pete. While while you're saying that, I I while you're having a look at that, I just found myself praying. I was saying, God, is this really what you want? After all, your love, redemption, and patient forbearance. Do you really want to crush the people you've made, and will you punish the righteous along with the wicked, mm. like Abraham said to the Lord? When he was looking at the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. And I just found myself crying out to God again. God just, oh, this is just so awful and such a horrendous picture to consider. And I just found myself just crying out to God for this generation in which we live. Yeah. That he would have mercy, you know, and save it because he's done all the work of redemption he's made that he's you know but yet there's still this sense of gosh this is just too awful did you find that one in? i did yeah,
1: yeah. it's it is chapter three you're right so this is a proclamation about the fe- the destruction of of the people of god and it says um, let the nations stir themselves up and come down to the valley of jehoshaphat for there i will sit to judge every surrounding nation mm-hmm. put in the sickle for the harvest is ripe, go in and tread, for the winepress is full, the vats overflow, for their evils are very great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Mm. So this is some event where, you know, the the great judgment will take place. Mm. You know, this is a thing, a thing that Joel said primarily about the End of, you know, nebuchadnezzar and babylon and the guys that are coming to destroy the nation mm-hmm. they're going to come and gather in the valley of jehoshaphat because that's how to attack jerusalem and they're going to be smashed down by this right. this great treading and so just in tune with your prayer there it's like this is a horrendous event isn't it yeah. it's, it seems so unlike god in that sense but i think for us and for me there has to be a reckoning yeah. Otherwise, God is not just. Absolutely. You know, we, we we need. We know that, don't we? If if he just sits in his judge's chair and says, "All right, everybody, I'm letting you off because I'm nice," you know, if any earthly judge did that, yeah, we'd be like, "You are almost, maybe even more worse than yeah. the criminals that you set free Definitely. because they perpetrated mayhem, they killed and slayed and, and destroyed. They have to be brought to justice. There has yeah. to be that reckoning and this it seems is a glimpse of exactly that yeah wow so whether or not
0: the one who's on the white cloud is jesus he oh, looks hard, like the it? son of man he's got a crown We're he's got a that.
1: sickle but then an angel tells them what yeah, to do, which, which makes me feel like commented on surely not
0: similar a similar passage yeah. earlier on didn't we and um But then he, I mean, gosh, it's pretty swift, isn't it? If he Mm. can swing his sickle once and the harvest is gathered in. Yeah. But then you see the angel come and, oh, I don't know. Mm. So is it two separate harvests? Is it a harvest of the righteous and then a harvest of the unrighteous? I I, I
1: actually think that's the right way to see it. So the first sickle, the first reaping um, is, is reaped. And then there's another one comes out, another one saying, put in your sickle and gather the clusters from the vine. And then the, he swings his sickle. It's like, okay, this is one it. sweeping for the righteous and, and one sweeping for the wicked will be stomped down in the wrath of God. Wow. There, there is a a wonderful passage in, in John chapter three. Everybody knows 316, yeah. don't they? But it's it's John 336, which if you're listening, look it up. Um, it shows you how even though jesus drank down the the cup you know he said if it's possible let this cup pass for me what is in this cup that he's saying let it pass for me Well, it's the cup of the wrath of god it appears a lot in the prophets and in the bible and jesus drank it down and so some people say well that's it then all the wrath of god is consumed by jesus and so there's no wrath left for the disobedient anymore god forgives us all and Mm -hmm. we all go to heaven and everything is fine and nobody can be punished but John 3.36 is where it, John explains how the wrath of God is over us in yeah. real time. Yeah. You know, because we we have lived and we have sinned and we deserve the punish, uh, the punishment and the penalty. But it's like, if we will plug into Jesus, if we will give our lives to Jesus, his drinking counts for us. Mm. But if not, then the wrath of God remains, remains on us. Them. Yeah. yeah. and And so we must throw ourselves on the on the mercy of god which is already demonstrated in order for our lives right here in the 21st century to attach to it and to receive that 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 great salvation because if the christmas presents all stay under the tree and we never receive them yeah we just miss it don't we and that is the danger so uh if
0: you're still with us just put your hand on your heart and let's pray together lord jesus Mm. thank you that you have loved us enough to drink that cup on our behalf Mm. but lord right now as intercessors and priests on the earth we pray for our generation oh god and we pray that you grant the gift of repentance so that many 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 millions alive on the earth today will be saved and not lost whether you come quickly by our reckoning or still at some time in the future lord we cry out for the generation in which we live in jesus name amen amen